Hi, this is the Landscape Ontario podcast. My name is Scott Barber. In this episode, we are diving into the legality surrounding COVID-19 vaccination for employers with Sebastian Hoard and Alana Tui. They are employment lawyers with Emin Harnden Labor and Employment Law. Can an employer make it mandatory for employees be, to be vaccinated against COVID-19? Can it be a factor when an employer is hiring new staff? We're going to cover those issues and more. Also, Alana and Sebastian, they wrote an article on this subject in the July-August issue of Landscape Ontario magazine. You can check that out uh, both in print or online at horttrades.com. But first, we hope you're going to enjoy this conversation on a very important subject. Uh, so, so let's start with the the big sort of overview question, uh, which is, you know, whether an employer can, you know, require an employee be vaccinated against COVID-19. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, there's certainly no easy answer to that question. Uh, neither the, the federal government nor the provincial government or any municipal government has mandated COVID-19 vaccination. And it appears unlikely that they will. Uh, the answer will likely change as more information becomes available regarding how COVID-19 vaccines work and their efficacy. Uh, for example, do vaccinations prevent only the individual from getting sick or do they also effectively prevent that individual from transmitting COVID-19 to others? And so for now, however, in most workplaces, enforcing a mandatory vaccination requirement is going to be an uphill battle. However, uh, employer encouragement and support may go a long way towards ensuring employees get vaccinated, though being as likely as mandated policy to attract judicial or arbitral scrutiny for those uh, members that are unionized. And this may be especially true given that Canada's vaccine hesitancy rate has been low. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So what are the laws or the legislations uh, that would limit that are, are sort of playing into that, as you said, that uphill battle. Uh, what are the elements of the laws at play um, that limit, um, you know, an employer's ability to mandate immunization? Well, first we have occupational health and safety law, which at first glance would suggest that employers actually probably should mandate um, vaccination because they have an obligation to take every reasonable precaution to keep workers safe in the workplace. Um, but there's two major legal concepts that run up against that. So the first would be human rights law. Um, And you may find um, as an employer that there's certain employees in the workforce that can't be vaccinated. So for them, it's not a choice, it's a can't, um, whether that's because of a medical condition, which would be a disability, um, or perhaps because of their religion. And so if they can't become vaccinated based on a ground that's protected by human rights legislation, and you have a workplace policy that mandates that they must be vaccinated, you're looking at a human rights issue. Um, And then I think the second other legal concept that really is a hurdle for mandatory vaccination um, is just employee privacy rights. So most employees in Ontario aren't covered by a particular piece of privacy legislation, um, but there's still a general right to privacy and security of the person. And so if what you're trying to do as an employer is mandate that employees get a particular medical procedure, which is really what a vaccination is, um, then that's infringing potentially on that right to privacy and security. Um, and so what that all boils down to is um, if you do try to mandate vaccination for your workplace, um, 
potential human rights claims is pretty high. Um, if you have a unionized workforce, you're looking at potential grievances. Um, and even if you don't have a unionized workforce, um, you have employees who you're saying either get vaccinated or you can't work, you're looking at a potential constructive discipline. Mm-hmm. If, if an employer um, was to, you know, decide, um, you know, sort of go against that, I mean, obviously the recommendation or the, the, um, the guidance that, uh, that you, you've laid out is that, uh, you know, there's these significant hurdles to that, uh, to this. But if someone was really, uh, you know, set on, make, on mandating immunization for existing employees, are there anything, anything um, that they could do to sort of minimize the likelihood that the policy would be challenged, I guess, either by uh, in a human rights context or um, in another legal context? Yeah, absolutely. So to minimize the likelihood of a challenge of an immunization policy, there are a few steps an employer should take. So number one, the employer should ensure the policy does not conflict with the applicable employment agreements that are in place or the collective agreements for those members that are unionized. Second, the policy requirements, for example, when vaccination must be completed and what documentary proof will be required must be clear. Third, the policy must be non-disciplinary. So it must be clear that a failure to get vaccinated won't result in termination or other discipline. So vaccinate or terminate policies are generally unenforceable. And you know, typically what you would see is a, an unpaid leave of absence you know, while the employee is waiting to get their vaccination or until they comply with the employer's policy. Fourth, accommodation for those who cannot be vaccinated due to medical or religious reasons must be built into the process, which is what Alana was describing a few moments ago uh, in the, when she was speaking to the human rights considerations of uh, vaccination and, and the, the requirement to accommodate in certain cases. And finally, the employer must be sure uh, that employees are aware of the consequences of the, of, the, of the breach of the policy. So what happens if I don't comply? So those are important elements to build into your policy. Great, thank you. Um, now, another question. If an employer, um, can an employer, excuse me, uh, require non-vaccinated employees to follow uh, different or more stringent health and safety measures than vaccinated employees? Is that something that's that's uh, possible or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we've generally been advising employers that they can do to protect their workforce. Um, I think the nuance here that's important is to make sure it's not something that's punitive. You wanna make sure it's additional measures that are geared towards health and safety and that are based in science. So for example, having um, unvaccinated employees wear some kind of identification on them that says, I'm not vaccinated. That would just serve to shame them, that would be punitive, and that wouldn't do anything to enhance health and safety. On the other hand, proven health and safety measures like continuing to wear masks, continuing to have social distancing, even after perhaps local bylaws are no longer requiring that, that would make sense to enhance health and safety for those unvaccinated employees. Um, and even um, something that we're seeing a lot of employers do and something that um, I would suggest is a good approach um, is having a policy that requires um, employees who aren't vaccinated um, that they may be placed on a leave of absence if there were to be an outbreak of COVID-19 in the workforce, um, in the workplace rather. I think that can be really beneficial for employers to um, continue to protect health and safety for all employees. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and you mentioned um, 
there was mention of privacy considerations and how they play into this issue. Um, would you mind sort of outlining, you know, what privacy uh, considerations are at play here with, uh, with the immunization? Yeah, absolutely. So privacy issues arise anytime you ask employees for proof of vaccination, whether you have mandated uh, vaccination or just want to know who may need extra protective measures during a COVID-19 outbreak. So that's the first thing. Second, uh, when asking for such information, employers should comply with general privacy principles. And typically, this means that employers should ensure that any personal medical information collected from employees is directly related to and necessary for the achievement of their policy goals, i.e. ensuring workplace health and safety. So that has to be the primary and only goal. And the collection of employee personal information should also be as limited as possible. For example, employers should limit the data collected to confirmation that the employee has received either a first or a second dose of a vaccine and the date on which it was received, as opposed to also collecting the vaccine brand, the, so the vaccine's brand name, the location of immunization, and so on and so forth, which is irrelevant in the circumstance. All you need to know is, has a person been vaccinated? Have they received one or two doses and that's it. And finally, all personal information collected should be safeguarded and protected from unnecessary disclosure and shared only on a need to know basis. So those are important privacy principles as you're navigating through uh, this, uh, this process. Right, thank you. <laughs> now I wanna ask about new uh, hires. Um, is it possible for an employer to make vaccination a condition um, when they hire a new employee? Yeah, I would say it's certainly possible, but it's not without risk. Um, so typically when you have a new hire, that's when you have the most leeway to decide what are going to be the terms and conditions of it. Um, and yet still with new hires, mandating immunization can be risky. Um, and so the first risk, again, I would go back to those human rights considerations. So say you have a candidate, um, that applies for a job and you screen them out because they say they're not vaccinated. If it turns out that they're not vaccinated because of religion or disability or something that is a protected ground by human rights legislation, you're looking at a potential claim of discrimination on your refusal to have hired them. So that can be kind of risky. The other thing I think is more of kind of a practical or optics concern. Uh, so usually when you'd ask an employee for medical information at the time of hire, you're doing that because it's a bonafide occupational requirement of the job. So you want to be able to say in good faith, someone needs to be vaccinated to do this job. But if you have existing employees in those same positions that are not vaccinated, and you're finding ways for them to work safely, such as masking, distancing, and what you've done throughout the pandemic to date, and then you've got a new hire and you're saying, oh, but for you to do this job, it's actually going to be, you're going to be required to be vaccinated. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. And that can create kind of a divide in the work course, depending on the time that you hire. Um, so that's another consideration as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and if, if an, I guess the next question was, and you touched on it a little bit, I think, but uh, if an employer does decide to, to go that route and make it a condition of hire, um, what are some risk mitig mitigation strategies that they could uh, enact? Yeah, so a few, some, some advice on that. So uh, clearly indicating in all job postings that new employees will be required to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination upon being offered the job, um, but that the employer undertakes to accommodate where necessary. 
Uh, for example, if they cannot be vaccinated due to a ground protected uh, or protected ground under the Ontario Human Rights Code, so, uh, one of the prohibited grounds of discrimination, and in, in our case, would either, either be um, on a religious consideration or due to a disability. Uh, and second, candidates should not be asked during the interview process about their immunization status or plans, uh, lest the question unintentionally uh, without the fact that they cannot be vaccinated due to a protected ground by the human rights legislation. So it's really important when conducting these interviews to be careful in uh, how the questions are being asked. You want to assess the candidate based on an objective assessment of their ability and suitability to do the job. And then once an, an assessment has been conducted about the suitability of the candidate and as part of a conditionally offered position, then you can say, uh, as we want confirmation that you've been vaccinated. So typically that's the kind of the two-step process, interview, offer the position, but as one of the conditions or uh, for, for hire, they must provide proof of vaccination. And at that point, you're able to show that you've assessed the, the candidate based on their skills and ability and not um, weeded out the candidate uh, based on uh, the fact that they have not uh, secured a vaccine, whether the first dose or the second dose, or both. Uh, and finally, the job offer itself should clearly state that if the candidate cannot receive a COVID-19 vaccine for human rights-related reasons, they must advise the employer so that the employer can discuss appropriate accommodation measures with them. Um, so, you know, again, a flexible approach, um, and which is required. But to, to answer to you know to answer your main question is can is it possible? Yes, but the employers must sort of ensure that they're flexible in their approach because uh, human rights considerations will arise. Some may be legitimate, some may not, but it's important to keep an open mind uh, when addressing these issues. So, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I think we've covered, um, you know, many of the main, um, you know, points of interest on this topic. Is, is there anything we haven't covered that, uh, that you'd like to add or, or is that uh, a, a decent uh, overview, I guess. Of course, it's not uh, going to cover every uh, nuance and, and issue, but a, a little bit of an overview to provide, uh, you know, business owners, employer, employers with, uh, you know, some information um, on this topic. Is there anything that yeah. we need to touch on? No, I think it does provide a good overview of some of the important legal considerations. And I, and I think the other aspect as well is that things will evolve, right? Uh, you know, COVID-19 is, uh, I don't know, People don't like this word, but unprecedented. Uh, we're, we're needed to be sort of agile and be able to adapt and change our, our way of thinking and our, and our way of, of addressing issues. And, and the science will also be important as we navigate through or we come out of COVID-19. And, um, and so the approaches are going to change and uh, the public health considerations are going to change as well. Uh, and so, and hopefully we don't need to talk about COVID-19 and a few months from now, but uh, um, I think it's important for employers to uh, keep an open mind and and when where necessary, and if they feel appropriate, of, of course, to seek out advice from uh, their their legal counsel. So, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate it, uh, both Sebastian and Alana taking the time to uh, to discuss this really important topic. I know our members are are definitely seeking information on this, and as you say. Um, if they have some more specific questions, to definitely reach out to uh, to, lawyer, to to legal professionals in that area of law. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, your time was really appreciated. We we can leave it there. Thank you, and thank, thank you for, for yeah. Thank you for inviting Alana, Alana and I to speak on this issue. Appreciate it.